Happy Father's Day weekend from Freight Alley and the surface of the sun, too. Oh, Still pretty man. hot out there. All right. Talk about Father's Day moments. So yes, I got, sir. I got a five-year-old boy and a seven-year-old boy. Yes, you do. Game I grew up with. Ten years old, riding down like the Candlepin Bowling Alley. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Twelve yeah. years old on SNES, Super Nintendo. They had Turtles in Time. Yeah. Well, they've made a loving tribute to those games. Play a little clip right here. Take a look at this. This is Shredder's Revenge. We got it on uh, the PlayStation yesterday. Played it with my five and seven year old. I don't know. It took me back Dude. to those candle pin bowling alleys, man. It's so great. You can like, uh, you can get with your wife and create friends. That is awesome. To, to, man. to game with you. That is awesome. <laughs> no, it's a good time. It's a good. Time. You know, they put a good mechanic in this game too that wasn't in the previous one that really encourages a lot of teamwork. Is you can revive your partner. You can revive your. Oh, is that right? Total. You absolutely Very can. Cool. Very cool. Very good cool. Good stuff. We got to take a trip up north, up to the northeast and play some candle pin bowling. You taught me what that here? is. Do they have Candlepin out here? They, I know. So I tweet. I, yeah. I, I sent you a message. They have it up near Gatlinburg. They have it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All right. I got to go out there. Northeast is Candlepin's a big thing. You Northeast yeah. coasters know what I'm talking about. Well, on today's show, we are cutting through the negative news. There's been so much, so we're going to focus a little bit more on what three powerful yeah. real women in trucking are doing to better this industry. Amen. We'll see how they're advocating for parking safety and improved conditions at the port. We're going to take a look at reverse logistics to eliminate waste in the supply chain. Uh, we'll learn how to revitalize customer relationships amidst the digital freight trend. Plus, the mythical hut shipment is found. Every shipment's called a hut shipment, right? Yeah, I've, I haven't <laughs> run into a cold one yet. I think we found one years. that actually qualified. <laughs> right. we got some great guests today. We're going to have Ingrid Brown, she's a writer at BackTheTruckUp.com, also a trucker. we got Desiree Wood, founder and president of Real Women in Trucking. Sadea Morris, owner-operator at uh, Pink Transportation. Yeah. Annette Luton, senior VP of domestic brokerage at Ascent Global Logistics. And Frank Dreischarf, VP of Supply Chain Solutions at R2 Logistics. Let's tip the band, then we'll bring Ingrid up. Autonomous trucks are coming with a huge potential windfall if you're ready to seize it. Start re-engineering your supply chain for autonomy today. Contact Locomation at Tell them, dude. Hey, go to locomation.ai for turnkey solutions immediately Come after this up, show. Ingrid. Come on up, Ingrid. Ingrid's Ingrid just blew into hey, town. Hey, what's going on? Hey, good beating morning. A, beating a thunderstorm warning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> wow. Afternoon. Weary Traveler, what brought you into Freight Alley today? Oh, well, passing through and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, how can you pass up stopping here at Freight Alley and hanging out with you guys? Well, Ingrid, people who follow the show where they follow back the truck up, they know that um, you had a little bit of COVID that you were dealing yeah, with and yeah, yeah, yeah. dealing with the doctors and even progressed a little bit. Tell us uh, about the state of your health right now. Is everything okay? Everything good? Uh, I'm still having to be monitored for the heart rate. Uh, I have the COVID bradycardia. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of out of the truck for a few minutes and... He's not medically put out, but because uh, checking on this and uh, looks like that we're going to be watching this and seeing what happens from that because my heart rate is like, Oop. so yeah. Yeah. not good. A not good. low. Yeah. Well, you just put an article out on backthetruckup.com too, sort of talking about that, uh, not being invincible, right? Exactly. You, you, but you're a cancer survivor. So you have, you've been in situations where you had to park the truck before, Yes. but is it, is it that eternal optimism that keeps you moving forward? Yeah, I think so. You know, I have taken four and five months off at a time mm. from the truck, from, you know, having surgeries for my melanoma. And uh, 
nothing made me think that I would ever step out of a truck. I mean, I always knew I was working towards being back in it. So I'm working towards being back in it again. Of course. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. So, you, I mean, going through these some, some of these uh, obstacles and hurdles in life, right? It gives you kind of an altruistic nature or fighting nature. Like, you're not taking me down, right? Absolutely. What, what's, your, what's your advocacy? What do you advocate for? What, are you, what, what is your mission? My mission is to make sure that I continue to provide and give people what trucking has given to me in my life. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's it's about giving back. You're doing that as a voice of safety, too. So talk a little bit about that advocacy. What positive work are you doing for the industry? Uh, you know, FMCSA, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for what they have done and given me that opportunity, is teaching the general motor public about how to maneuver around us as CMVs and truck drivers, and also reminding other drivers that, you know, we get complacent and we get a little lazy, but mm. doing that even through the new drivers coming out to elderly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to the general public in the whole country. I mean, who's the best educators of safety? Than drivers, than truck drivers. Uh, you see the stuff all the time. We drove up to Virginia just a couple of, couple of weeks ago, Dooner, and I asked you on the drive up there. I said, you ever find yourself driving like a jackass around trucks? And I still do. Yeah. And I know better than than most that aren't well, truck drivers. Well, to, to be, be fair, better. I'm from Massachusetts, so I, I drive like an asshole. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say... I find myself doing it. Yeah. I did it this morning coming over here. Yeah, Honestly, you're like, what the hell I, am I doing? I literally looked up, thought, what are you doing riding in the middle lane and you're holding up traffic and went zig and zag. And I'm like, Ingrid Ramel. I mean, come on. Yeah. So uh, human nature or not, we just have to make sure we think you know, well, you, what's going to happen? You think you're in this vehicle. I have control of this vehicle. Therefore, I'm great. But you're not thinking about the other people you're screwing with, right? Exactly. And, and, and they don't know what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. Ingrid, what are those, some of those safety tips that you would give to a, a new driver? Record number of authorities over the past two years, right? So a lot of new drivers behind the wheel. Lot, and we're actually going to be doing a lot more of this throughout the summer, by the way. I want you guys to know we're going to be – actually, we have a show on Wednesday – July, I think it's July 20th, if that's the, the Wednesday in the third week of July. But we're doing a full show on So You Want to Be a Truck Driver. We're having, we're going to talk about the ins and outs of getting your CDL, all that stuff. We're going to have Rooster and, and James on, maybe we'll bring you on too. But we're going to ask all our dumb newbie questions to those guys, and I'll tell you all out there how you can go be a truck driver, and if now is the right time to become an owner-operator or to be a company driver. But for those new ones, what advice do you have? Don't rely strictly on technology. Mm. You need to get mm. the mm -hmm. real, literal you know, checking your mirrors, uh, making sure that, that you follow simple, you know, hands-on stuff. I mean, guys, buttons and buzzers and uh, all of this technology stuff they've got is great. Yeah. But it either makes you complacent because you rely on it too much yeah. and you don't know how to do that. What was it? Uh, the Smith system? Yeah, the Smith system. Right? Exactly. Basic. Exactly. The, blocking the and tackling, right? Uh, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Tech's supposed to assist you, right? Don't let, don't use it so you get new tech blind spots within the vehicle. But I like what you're saying here because this is something manufacturers have to think about, regulators have to think about, is that some of the training that you're talking about, the Pavlov doggy and training of a driver mm. to instead go from using their visuals to just dealing with a bunch of bells and whistles like they're stuck yes. inside a pinball machine may not always be the best idea. Absolutely. I mean, what better way than to use your eyes and use your feet to stop, slow, and go. In other words, cruise control, 
Mm. All of this adaptive breaking stuff. You know, here's the thing. When a bell or whistle goes off or it starts to slow you down, mm. things have already started to happen to go wrong. Yeah, right, right, right. You right. know, they, they're already in motion. Yeah. So if you're driving ahead of that and you're paying attention right. ahead of that, that's your best way of staying safe and trying to head this stuff off. I mean, it's a little too late whenever you hear Bill a bell that says, oops, there's a, tra- there's a car yeah. in your blind spot. I mean, you're already moving. Yeah, yeah, I learned from an expert once, an expert on, on sleep, and specifically studying drivers, that once you, you nod and wake yourself up, you've already been asleep for about 20 seconds. Exactly. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's scary. Because that's, that's happened uh, back when I was it's in happened sales, to me plenty of times. Before. Yeah. Not recently I haven't experienced that. It's more when you're probably trucking in the extreme stress of, of, traveling, uh, of traveling sales. Um, Ingrid, I... Uh, What's next for you? You're going to hang out and you're going to co-host with us today, but uh, what's next for you before we focus on some other people? Sorry. <laughs> we, I, you know, what's next is trying to bring some more America yeah. on 18 wheels and touching base with more of you drivers, more of you mom and pop people that have your truck stops that are still operating, finding out how you're doing it. Yeah. Plus, let's bring some story time into this of why I'm where I'm at and how my career got here, but why other drivers' careers and how they've gotten there. Nice. And, you know, you're helping us fulfill that mission over at BackTheTruckUp.com, which is our driver-facing site run by drivers. We have three different truck drivers who work on that site with us. And, uh, of course, Michael Vincent and myself help with that as well. Now, spin the wheel, stupid question. Let's get our dumb question of the day, too. See where we're stuck. Oh, oh man, no. I hit my watch. This could be extra stupid. Oh, okay. it's a it's a it's a question mark. Okay, I get to pick yeah, that. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, in thinking of the Ninja Turtles, how about this? You stepped into some mutant ooze. What animal are you going to mutate into? You do know that I'm not a Ninja Turtle knower, but okay. But no, you just have to. It what animal? Matter. What animal what you associate with? You stepped into some mutant ooze. What's your spirit animal? Into? What are you going to evolve? What is into? my spirit animal? Okay, that would be a frog. A frog. Teenage mutant ninja frog. Battle toads. Exactly. There you go. A battle Call GameStop and ask them if they have it. They'll love you. They're put your, smart. Now put your earpiece in because we have a guest I, coming on, Ingrid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you it fell out. out. Slip that in your ear. Well, it fell so if you out. put it over your ear, the way these ears, slip it over your okay. ear, put it in here. And yeah, it kind of hooks we're, around. We're, we're learning this stuff. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Here we go. Like you go oink on the ear like you're putting on, like you're putting on you glasses. You need to hear the velvety tones of our next guest. Like you're putting in an earpod. That is perfect. You nailed it. I'm going to give you a 10 out of 10. And a little cowbell for your first time. <laughs> Let's go over to Frank Dreischarf. Did I get that right, Frank? I was I was going in like full speed, and I'm like, wait, wait a second. A VP Pump of Supply Chain Solutions at R2 Logistics. Frank, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And yes, you actually got that right. That's uh, you're one of the, you're one of the few. I oh, told man. you. It's no, you the, were saying it was dry, and I was saying dry. No, no, no. I said it's dry because it's the second letter in German that you pronounce. It is. <laughs> there you go. It is. If it was I-E, it would have been Dreesharf. Well, you two will get along because you're both uh, Ohio State alumni. I so know, I'm, and I'm I was looking this up. You are a hardened Buckeye, too, because you lived during the Cooper era where three times we walked into Michigan and got beat as potential national champions. Tough days. First off, it's the Ohio <laughs> it, State University. It is. <laughs> Amen. And, and yes, I was there for most of the two ten and one era. So that was that was a little. Yeah, but you were also there for Eddie George, Orlando Pace, and Mike Vabel. Mm. Absolutely, which you know, good times. Yeah, man. Well, let's talk about it. What is? Let's get into a little bit of reverse logistics. What is reverse logistics, and how does it impact the supply chain? 
Sure, absolutely. So simply put, reverse logistics is the movement of uh, finished goods or, or um, you know, uh, whip, you know, uh, uh, work in progress goods back to the point of distribution or manufacture. So if you think about the traditional supply chain, you have raw material going into a manufacturing plant, manufacturing plant into DC, and then DC to the end customer. When something is broke, defective, uh, oversold, uh, or needs to be returned, it's the push of that product back up the supply chain. So if you think of a traditional supply chain, it really flows in one direction, kind of like a river. And then reverse logistics is moving product back against the current of that river back to the point of manufacturer distribution. So, Frank, tell me, how are most uh, how are most shippers handling reverse logistics these days? Yeah, so there are some nuances with reverse logistics that cause some unique problems inside of the supply chain. Most specifically is getting that product back into the inventory system of the original manufacturing plant or distribution location. So what happens is, is for ease of use, most small, mid, and even large shippers utilize you know, one LTL provider or, or one overall provider in order to bring that product back into their manufacturing plants, primarily because they need to track what's called an RA number or an RMA number, which is a, a return authorization number in order to get that product back into their, into their inventory system so that they can account for it. And unfortunately, that number is not material to most carriers. It's not material to you know, truckload shippers, it's not material to LTL shippers. So usually a, you know, small or midsize or even a large shipper will utilize just one provider for ease of use. Hey, Frank, I have a question for you. How does R2 handle the reverse logistics and how is it beneficial to shippers? So inside of our system, we have a proprietary TMS system that we utilize. We capture that RA or RMA number first and foremost, right at the initiation of the shipment. What that allows us to do is then find the lowest cost provider in order to affect that shipment. You shouldn't be paying a premium in order to ship back broken or defective or, or you know, returned product. There's no reason to pay a premium for that. So by capturing the RMA number inside of our system, we're able to one, help our customers account for that product and two, find them the lowest cost solution in order to bring that product back. Now, Frank, in a past life, I used to work for a 4PL, and we would do routing optimization mm. and things like that. And one thing you notice if you do that is there's a lot of waste in the supply chain, either it be from routing or from even how partials and how loads are booked. There's a ton of waste. And I imagine you see a lot of that over at R2. How do we eliminate some of the waste in supply chain, and what are some of those inefficiencies that you see? Sure. So one of the biggest you know, areas of waste that we see just stems from overall uh, either a misunderstanding of how transportation platforms work or just ignorance to the overall supply chain in totality. So what I mean by that is a lot of the costs that a shipper will incur tend to be hidden from them. They show up in the form of accessorials that are unplanned, whether that be detention charges, appointment scheduling charges, uh, uh, incorrect weights or uh, NMSC or freight class numbers and those sorts of things. And what we do is uh, through our platform, we capture all those different accessorials so that we can shine a really bright light on the areas 
where a shipper might be a little bit deficient, where they're spending money that they shouldn't be, where their unplanned accessorials are, so that we can get to the root cause and then solve those problems, you know, at, at the front end, rather than just having to continue to pay those charges on the back end. Yeah, so Frank, I, I see the value in this, obviously, in, for a, a large, uh, you know, enterprise type of shipper. But those smaller shippers that are that are out there, is this beneficial than it for, to them? Absolutely. The problem that that small and even some mid-sized shippers have is really they're just resource constrained. They don't have either the mass or the size or the spend to allow them to have a fully professionally managed transportation group keeping an eye on their transportation dollars. So what we do is, in effect, we have, uh, we function as their their back office, as their you know logistics group, their transportation planning team, in order to help them reduce their overall costs. In effect, giving them the benefit of being a large shipper while having the mass and scale that they have. Hey, Frank, how does the R2 make shippers more efficient? How does that work? Sure. A couple of things there. Well, number one, we bring the benefit of technology, uh, 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 some reporting tools, actually a large suite of reporting tools that provides information that allows shippers to make uh, uh, decisions in a faster and more efficient manner, whether that be choosing the right mode, the right carrier, the right service level in order to affect a shipment, while also at the same time, understanding what the lowest cost option was for each and every shipment that occurs inside of their network. So for whatever reason, a shipper may decide to use carrier A that has a two-day transit time when they could have used carrier B at, say, a 30% discount for um, a three-day transit time. And we show all of those various options so that a shipper can choose the, the right profile, the right service level, and the right carrier to affect their shipment. Well, Frank, you know, we'd like to thank you for answering all of our good questions today. Now, before we let you go, you have to answer our stupid question. And now our stupid question of the day is, you've stepped into mutagen ooze. What animal do you think you'd mutate to? Uh, Boy, that's a good one. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with an eagle because America. (laughs) There you go. I love it, man. (laughs) Frank, we love it. How do people go and connect with uh, Mr. America, the eagle, the mutant (laughs) eagle, and R2? Please go to r2logistics.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Happy Father's Day and have a great weekend. Hey, go Buckeyes, brother. Thank you. You too. Take it easy. Let's go to let's go over to Annette Lighton. She's the senior VP of domestic brokerage at Ascent. And you know what? I was we were looking into her background a little bit. Yeah. And uh, she knows a thing do. or two about spiking a volleyball. She does. She. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about an MVP here from the uh, the notorious 2000 uh, era Missouri. Uh, team there. I think they were second in the Big 12. And that, are we just blowing smoke, is, or is this all true? Oh, nothing but truth, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into things, how do you set up the perfect spike? Me and him, we're teammates up here. We argue a lot, but I think that if we worked a little bit together better, our show would be better. So uh, maybe we can learn something through volleyball. What's the perfect spike setup? The perfect spike setup is a requirement of a team environment, just like everything. It requires the perfect pass, the perfect set, and of course, the perfect approach. all right then well you know what now you are dealing with a little bit of change on a team on a court it's easy your players are in front of you the coach is in front of you but now as we go digital relationships have changed a little bit right you've got ones and zeros in front of you how do you maintain relationships in a physical world when we're using digital mediums 
Well, it's interesting because, you know, I think that the connection of people is a foundation of all successful businesses. They're built on relationships, right? It's that foundation of trust that gives confidence in our ability to execute and in our ability to execute with integrity. So those relationships, you know, are, are really that driving force of trust, not only with your customers, but with your people and of course, in our case, with our carriers. Yeah. So, and that when we talk about um, when we talk about the uh, digitization, uh, right? It, it, the, the goal, really, or one of the goals, really, was to it should have been to free up your your team to be able to create that value add, right? To kind of level that playing field and to be able to build those relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. Should that still be one of those things? And how do you kind of reverse that mindset if it wasn't? Well. All the buzz right now is digital freight, right? Digital freight marketplace and the replacement of people. But let's be honest, this is an exceptionally fragmented industry. We have hundreds of thousands of carriers, 92% of which have six trucks or less. So relationships matter. People matter. Technology is a tool, not a strategy. I'm a firm believer in leveraging that technology to empower our people to more effectively execute. But it's just that. It's a tool. So we are in luck. We have a truck driver, the, the illustrious Ingrid Brown sitting next to us. And we're talking about digital and relationships here. Ingrid, you as a truck driver, let me ask you a question. When you hear about things going digital and, and new apps and those things, what is the first thought that either goes through your head or what do you hear drivers saying? For me, I'm scared to death. Yeah. I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm having to relearn my life. Everything was pencil and paper. So with that, how do you suggest that those that are in, you know, the 50 and older crowd, we're kind of the numbers of things. Mm-hmm. How do you suggest that we transition and get modern? Basically get modern about it. Well, I think that, again, this comes down to people, right? I would say leverage your relationships with maybe the younger crowd, the bit of the millennials like I do, who I still ask to operate how I use my phone. (laughs) But frankly, you know, I I think that there's uh, technology is certainly, you know, advancing at a pace that is outpaced history. But with having said that, they, you know, we've got an incredible pool of talent in our younger generations that can navigate those changes and share that experience and bridge that gap um, of experience from the more seasoned veterans like yourself and me into uh, really being able to leverage that technology to help us all be more effective. I mean, look, and the reality is that, um, the, the reality is that a lot of a lot of drivers out there get, get confused by this stuff. But as we were talking to Jet McCandless at the uh, the Small Fleet Owner Operator Summit just the other day, right? Preserving these relationships is actually having some of this tech that you can mm-hmm. offer your partners, that mm-hmm. you can offer to shippers and, and other carriers. And that was a big point that he was trying to make, especially in the visibility space, that it's becoming table stakes. So we were talking from the perspective of small carriers who were trying to stay in business during a, a summer with incredibly high diesel fuel and dropping spot rates. And that was one of his suggestions is to get compliant. How important is that becoming for drivers? Um, it's incredibly important. I think that there is a... There is a general notion of resistance from a lot of folks to adapt to the change, but these changes are designed in many ways to enhance the experience for both the carrier and the shipper. Um, you know, adapting to some of the apps that are available that, that give 
tools and resources for the carriers and the drivers. You know, it's, it's all about focusing on the benefit and not just focusing on the change, right? And and in some of in many of those ways, it it, it expedites their communication, it expedites their ability to transfer paperwork and to get paid quicker. So there are a lot of, when you, you know, when you shift your vantage point to acknowledging the advantages that exist in leveraging some of this technology, I think that you, you, you find yourself in a much better place. So Annette, to the, to, to the driver, the small fleet out there, the owner operators, et cetera, what are some of those benefits for them to hook up with a digitized brokerage like Ascend instead of going with the, the legacy players? Well, I'll correct you. We're not a digitized broker. We believe okay. in, we very much believe in the personal touch. Um, gotcha. We have actually very recently reorganized into um, what we call virtual dedicated teams that are built around customer need. And those teams, we believe strongly in being an extension of our, of our customer's business. So we have teams that are built around our customer base that learn their trends, learn their habits, understand their challenges, that can proactively solve those challenges for them through communication and act as an intermediary that we are between the carrier and the shipper and really fulfill the capacity and their needs that are individual to each of those customers. Yeah, I think you also have to get over people's concern, right? Like we, we've all dealt with with tech where you call the customer service and it's like an AI chatbot and you can't get anyone on the phone right. and it's it's incredibly frustrating. You feel like you're in a dystopian nightmare. How do you prove to people that they're not entering into that dystopian nightmare? Well, in our case, as I said, uh, our customers deal with the same group of folks every day. So when they call Ascent, they always talk to the same people and those people are industry experts that are highly familiarized not only with their customers, but with their customer suppliers and with their receivers. And as I said, a network of carriers that are sourced to fulfill their individual needs. Um, You know, I think that is a very valid point against the complete digitization of our industry. Um, You know, it was founded on the foundation of relationships and trust. And it's about enabling our customers to focus on their core by really you know, building our expertise in what we do on a daily basis. We live and breathe in the freight market. So let us m- simplify the process for you and, you know, bring a bit of nostalgia back where you're talking to real people so you can get answers quickly. And that, frankly, our philosophy is to provide answers in anticipation of questions. So to proactively provide them with ample communication to ensure they have a, the best experience every time they use a scent. These are all great answers to great questions. Now it's time to ask you a stupid one. You stepped into mutagen ooze. What animal do you think you'd mutate into? A shark. Beautiful. I like Ooh. it. Like no freight no shark. question. Just shark, right? Shark. In she did. She already had thought this. Out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. She had a strong animal. Where do people go to learn more about ascent? Uh, AscentGlobalLogistics.com, or of course, I'm always personally available at Annette, A-N-N-E-T-T-E dot Lighten, L-U-Y-T-E-N, at AscentLogistics.com. Beautiful. I love your little office space there, too, by the way. I've been looking, and I'm like, man, it must be so lovely to work in that room, especially with, like, the the door. There's something about that door that you can see through that I like. I want that. Yeah. I want that. Squad goals. Squad goals. Thank you so much. Have a a great weekend. Anytime. Okay. (laughs) We appreciate it. Take care. Beautiful. Thanks. Thanks very much. 
Well, with fully furnished state-of-the-art repair trucks and a full array of roadside tools, you can expect the safest, fastest, and most painless response for your fleet from Love's Truck Care and Speedco. To learn more about their roadside assistance, please visit... Hey, go to loves.com. Loves.com. Oh, there she is. Today, Morris right here checking in. She's in her truck, too. I like it. Come on up, owner of Pink Transportation. Bring her on the screen, boys. There look at that. Is. You look fantastic. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We have a friend with us, too. It's it's back the truck up writer and also fellow trucker Ingrid Brown. Hey, I have you... I have you know I follow you. I, I try to find everything I can about you. So it's so nice to meet you. Fan. You got, you got a fan no, right here. So nice to meet you too. Well, how did you so Father's Day is coming up, but how did your daughter do on Take Your Daughter to Work Day? Didn't you bring your daughter in the truck? Oh, she's with me almost every day. She's an awesome co-pilot. Awesome. Oh, she 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 helped you make it through those long wait lines at the port. Yeah, who's more accurate, her Actually, or Google I Maps? I I don't take her inside the ports with me. Gotcha. Not supposed to. But oh. our, when we're doing our home across state lines, she comes with me. Oh, okay. Ah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Hey, tell us a little. So today we want to highlight, and I know we usually dunk on the ports and that, and today we want to highlight positive things. There's so many right negative on. stories going right. on, so we want to po- highlight some of the groups you're working with. One of them is NMWA. Tell us a little bit about that group and what you do with them. So MWAIT is, it stands for National Minority Women Association in Transportation. Really long, but they are a strong, organized group of women, and they represent different sectors in the transportation system, and they provide different platforms for all yeah, so one of the efforts there that you that you work on, I, I know, is mental health in the industry. How do you guys work on that, and how do you help? So they actually have a platform for mental health. So if anyone needs any type of assistance, whether it's speaking to someone, you know, about something that they're dealing with at that very moment, or they need to be referred to someone, they can call in, email they're always there at any time to help them out with anything that they need. You know, it's mental health is such a big thing because you know yourself, we sit in a cab of a truck and so many people travel miles and miles and miles and have, we have too much time to think, girlfriend. I mean, <laughs> way too much time to think. So what do you find yourself, like, what do you do to combat that? What do you, how do you deal with that? I'm going to be honest. Barnes and Noble is my best friend. Every weekend I go and I grab different books. And if I'm stopped and it's for a very long time, I'm reading or I'm listening to music. And, you know, if I have my daughter, we're not cooped up in the truck. We're out walking around, sightseeing, doing different things. You know, one thing that I've always liked about talking to you is you're not just like, an angry trucker like you really understand that and if you want to push some of these initiatives forward that you're talking about with the port you actually have to you have to work with the port you have to work with some of these intermediaries how are those things going because i've seen you talk about it online last time we talked to you spoke a little bit about some of those initiatives you're working on where are we from here we we are actually in a really good space right now you know i'm 
all about creating relationships and building strong bridges with everyone that I come across. As of right now, I'm working with the city of Newark to combat the truck parking issue, and we're at our next step with it. And 30 days from now, we should be moving into some sort of contract where so we can get some land for parking for our port truckers. That's excellent stuff because, you know, as, as Duna pointed out, you don't just get angry about it. And I've never actually seen you angry or, or anything like that. You're very positive and, and motivational. When you're talking about the uh, NMWA and what you're working there on the mental health and all the security of women and, and driving, et cetera, what kind of responsibilities do people like Duna and myself and others outside have towards making it a, a, a safer place for women to work? So as far as, you know what, and that's a really good question because I hear a lot of people, you know, saying that they support the truckers, they support the farmers, but actions always speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. If you see us, you know, you know, creating any type of, you know, a, a dialogue or, you know, we're just giving you guys any type of information, do your research, you know, stand out there with us. And, you know, just, I don't want to say the word protest because no one likes to hear that, but support us in any way that you can. Actions always speak louder than words and we need the help. Now you mentioned a parking issue, but not everybody here is localized to, to, to your issue. What is the issue going on with parking right now that you're trying to uh, combat? Where do you need help there? So everyone knows that the Northeast Corridor is a very small area and it's so congested all the time. have no parking and the parking spots that we have are owned by people who are price gouging the spots. We need to have a safe, solid place where port truckers can park you know, uh, switch their loads, check on their chassis, check on their containers and have a waiting area that they can go into before their appointments. It's very necessary, especially being in the center of a transportation hub such as North. You know, we find, and just like with you at the port, I mean, we all have our different areas of problems of parking, whether it's across the country or there at the port or whatever. But the thing is, is we all have different obstacles, but they're the same. I don't know if, I mean, you and I can relate to that. It's educating the general public that you have that problem, so do I across the country. And for me, I just keep pounding the education to the cities, the towns, the local municipalities, the state. And it's like they probably get tired of hearing me. And it's tough because they're just going to have to keep getting tired of hearing me because I'm not going to shut up. Mm. And... I think what what you're doing, I think that people like me with my problems need to invest my time into learning more about yours. You know, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, no, I'm bringing, bringing, bringing women together, right? Yeah. Creating collectives. Yes. Did you have to hear what Ingrid said? I'm sorry. Oh, is, is your audio cutting out? I'm not sure if you heard what Ingrid said, but what she was talking about was, was bring some unity too. Like her as a female truck driver should also be cognizant of the issues that are right. happening over at the Port of New Jersey because they're also interrelated, right? A lot of the issues that drivers face are they're, they're shared. They're shared issues. You may be a Dre driver, she may be OTR, but you still can't find a damn place to park. 
And we have to work together. And me learning more about your issues, I need to bring that more into explaining to them, you have the same issue. It's just might in a different way. Mm. I need to get more involved with you and with your situation there. I truly, I, I truly appreciate it. And you're absolutely right. I like to say, you know, all the time, Dreage is a complete different world than OTR. You know, even though it's the same, we're trucking, we're doing the same thing. But once you step inside the ports, it's, it's a, it's a different world, but I can, I am open to educating anyone that wants to know about it. So that way we can work together and fix the issues together because together we rise, you know, we need to be strong together and keep the solidarity to, you know, just keep America moving as we always do. We girls got to stick together. <laughs> we got to stick together. <laughs> I think we all do. I mean, look, there, there's, there's, like the, the the middle class class warfare. There's middle class. We it's it's sure. look at what truck drivers are doing. Small business owners. They represent the small business owners of America. Yes, and sir. we're seeing how imperiled everybody has been, especially since the pandemic. I mean, some unity would be great here. We're, we're we're all in this situation together. And today, we always appreciate you telling us what we can do better to advocate for the industry. Now, before we let you go, we know you were over at the White House last time we spoke to you. Anything come from that from that meeting over at the White House and the advocacy you're pushing there? Well, you know, I really do not like to speak things up, but next week something amazing oh. is going to happen. I oh. got a phone call from a very important person, a very powerful person in transportation. So I'll mm. I'll I'll keep you updated as that oh. goes along. All but right. I don't well, want to you... jinx it. All right. Well, since you want to tell us now, can I at least have the exclusive when it when it does happen? Let me know. <laughs> oh, you'll be like you will be the first to know. Don't worry. See, I like it. I like it. Perfect. There you now, go. Now, this is your favorite part of the show, and you always have a great reaction. Here's the stupid question of the day. <laughs> you stepped into mutagen ooze. What animal do you think you'd mutate into? I would say probably, gosh, a penguin. A penguin. a penguin. Wow. All right. So docile. So benevolent. We like it. Wow. Wow. Now people want to connect with you and they want to see they want to see what you're doing and how you're trying to advocate for the ports and, and for women in trucking. Where should they go to? Twitter? Is your Twitter best? Thank you so Yeah. NJ Port Girl on Twitter, you know, or or on Instagram at Pink Transportation LLC. I'm always around. <laughs> Thank you so Very much for spending cool. some time with us. Say hi to your daughter for us. We appreciate Be it. Be careful. Careful out there. I definitely will. I definitely will. You guys have a great day. Right on. Thank you. you too. Now, See ya. Our next guest, she is the entire reason I wanted to just have a, a all-positive show. Forget about all the negative news and all that, because she right put a on. tweet out a couple weeks ago, and she said, you know, our media publications, they've done a terrible job communicating some of the behind-the-scenes work that truck drivers are doing. And I read that, and I said, amen, you are so right, and I'm partially responsible. So let's fix that, and let's do a little bit more focus. And I think we need the positive news these days. Anyway, so let's bring Trucker Desiree up. It's so good to see you. Hi. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? What's, hey. Hey, what's that poster over your shoulder? I'm curious now. It um this is actually leather. It's carved. Oh. Um oh. it's wow. carved and, and you and you touch it. The guy that made it is the son-in-law Bitsy Gomez, who was the woman who was part of the coalition of women truckers in the late 1970s. And he made that for me with her name in the license plate 
for our first cruise in 2017. And he, and he said, leave it like this so you could touch the leather. He's a leather smith, um, and he makes usually motorcycle seats for, like, really high-end clients, and he made that as a gift. Well, tell him what we th- I think he's got very positive reviews up here from very, uh, the, yeah. from the truck team. Yeah, it, yeah, his name's Juan Gonzalez, and there's actually a, um, a documentary about him. He does really wonderful work. Beautiful. See, if that was an album cover, I'm buying that album every day. You buy that album every time. <laughs> every day That's coming. You're getting the vinyl. Amen. Well, Desert, you are up. You're always up to a ton of stuff. Give us a give us a little intro on what you've been up to these days. What you do with, as the president of Real Women in Trucking? Um, tell us what you what 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 you've been into. Lately, what we've done, we were at the White House as well, and we uh, focused on the the uh, National Day of Reckoning, you know, to talk about the sexual assault and truck driver training, mm. um, the truck parking. I was appointed to the Transportation Research Board, um, the Freight Transportation Planning and Logistics Committee, and nice. um, been very busy. We just got uh, signed on for a grant called Freight Relay, which is going to study... Um, freight doing a relay some some people do it now but it's not widely done but i've done it before where the freight keeps moving but the driver doesn't and the purpose of that Mm. is to get that driver back home so that you can get more people that have uh, more home time so that's something that we're working on a lot of freight advisory committees uh meetings that i go to um both on a state level at a local level in different states. So it's a lot to keep up with. And in the back, we're trying to still work on this sexual assault um, issue. So that relay system you're talking about, it's like a Pony Express, right? Where it's like yeah. you're, doing, you're doing butt heads all the time and just turn and meet and turn, right? Or meet yeah, and swaps. You, you meet uh, and you swap. And so, well, there's a couple different ways to do it. You can swap the, the trailer and the, then the, and then the driver goes back home. Right. Or uh, I've done one where we actually stayed in a motel one night and then the truck came back the next day and you went home. So you were actually, cause you're out of hours, you know? Um, So so slip seating the the truck of the relay. You know, when I think when a lot of guys hear safety in the context of trucking, they think about driving safe, right? Mm -hmm. They think about not hitting other cars. They think about brakes and those kind of things. But also a big aspect of safety is what you mentioned there, right, is sexual assault, right? The safety of women Mm -hmm. who are trying to learn Mm -hmm. in the business. What what is that issue that you're trying to combat? Can you just give us a little bit more uh, background on, on, on what what's going on? Uh, sexual assault and trucking is a very specific issue. Um, there are those that try to spin it to make it seem like it's happening at shippers and receivers and truck stops. That is not true. We've been taking distress calls on this issue for over 10 years now, and mm. it's very concentrated to about five or six companies, maybe a few more, but five or six pop up all of the time. And they are the Ooh. focus of these lawsuits and they have a certain business model and you're, your the, the certain business model is they use people that are students who are entering trucking for the first time who don't know anything about this industry and are coming to it looking to be taught and instead they are asked to live on a truck with a total stranger for up to six months first with a trainer for 35 to 45 days and then with a co-driver which they just have to like basically randomly go through the halls of the company looking for somebody. If you want a paycheck, you got to go find somebody to work with and you got to get it done. So sometimes 
you know, there's no guidance. You have no right to know where these people came from. There's no accountability. And we found in some of these companies, if, if the person sexually assaults the student, um, a lot of times they leave the student behind in a motel and they go on and keep working and making money, or they go back to the orientation center and get another student. Uh, sometimes they'll quit and they'll go to another company and have a verification of employment with a very, with a clean slate. They can do it again. These types of people go work at other training fleets. So they just disappear back into the population. We've even found that some companies, they erase their records after a year. So you can theoretically have one rape a year and have a clean slate. That is how the system is right now. And we need to stop it. We need to start uh, opening our eyes and paying attention. And we've recently learned um, the maritime women in maritime, um, they have actually had the very same, very similar problem. The solutions they came up with are the same solutions that that I've written for the trucking industry. And they've gotten congressional hearings and legislation and and um, attention to it. But somehow we ha- are not really not paying attention to literally thousands of women who entered this industry hoping to have a new career and ended up uh, having this life-changing event happen to them. Oh, oh. What, are your, what are your thoughts on this? I- it looks like mine. I'll be yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you, Desiree. I did not know that this had gotten to this point. No. And I'm saying it this like, that, said it was like systematic, you know, right? Systematic abuse, yeah. right? Among six companies, and it's like uh, it's organizational level that they're hiding this stuff. I knew that you know people were getting put with with males or you know the the training deal, but I did not realize that this was once they this event happens that they get swept under the rug they go get another one they any of that and the thing is is i didn't have to go through the training stuff like that i wouldn't run with the mail like that yeah no, it, it sounds i like, wouldn't do it it sounds like they're enabling um, like a society of I, predators out yeah, there right? I, yeah i wouldn't run with somebody i didn't know I haven't, and I wouldn't. But but that's right. A lot of women don't have that choice, do they? Or they would be ignorant to even know that they could ask for something like that, right? They they wouldn't know because in their the way that the system is set up is if you just you know first of all there's a lot of truck drivers that are on social media. Um, it was one of the first one of them, but it's skyrocketed now where you have women that are out there doing you know these tick you know they're they've become celebrities. And so you have other women that are like, I want that in my life. So they go to truck driving school. They might go Google, you know, how do I become a truck driver? Well, the worst companies come up first on the Google search. And if you call them, they'll make you think like you just got accepted to Yale and send you a Mm. bus ticket to come to their orientation tomorrow. And your whole life can change, but they don't prepare you to say, there is risk here. It's not just being safe around this equipment. You have to watch out for being assaulted by your colleague. And this is not gender specific. We've had women attack women. We had a woman that called her female coder or female trainer, chased her down the street with a knife. We have had um, women call us who are being terrorized um, in many same gender situation. So a lot of there, there has to be a complete disruption about the way that they um, make people trainers. 
Um, a lot of the trainers that, you know, we hear about are not trainer, they're not teacher material. They might be great drivers. They might be yeah. safe drivers. Yeah. They might get the load, but let's be honest. People become truck drivers because they like a uh, solid solitude and they're not generally team player type personalities. So this is what we're working with. And when you're forcing somebody to be a trainer, or coercing them, saying, well, you know, you can make more money if you do this, um, you're, you're not dealing with teacher material type people. So you have some individuals that take advantage of the situation um, for a multitude of reasons. And, and that's just a broken system. The companies are not being held accountable <sighs> Um, and in the, at the end of the day, they want team driving, right? Everybody wants team drivers, but team drivers, good team drivers are hard to acquire. So this using the students who don't know any better and are unprepared, it really sets them up for failure. It sets a stage where people can be harmed and, and they're, they leave trucking. So Desiree, thank you so much for for bringing some awareness to to this issue. And uh, this is something I'll talk to you offline about some of those companies and mm-hmm. ways we can bring more exposure to this and, you know, put some names out there. Start naming names. Start getting people to stop doing this bullshit because you shouldn't be doing that to women. Amen. Um, Amen. Before we let you go, though, we, ha- we only have about a, a minute left with you. Uh, what's, something exci- what's something drivers out there should be excited about that's going on with parking behind the scenes? Well, I want everybody to know that the infrastructure bill has a lot of money now. Okay, we don't need new legislation. We it's great if we have new legislation, but legislation takes a long time. There is a lot of money for truck parking. There have been um, studies done. Everybody hates hearing studies, but you can't just do anything unless you know where you're going to do it, right? So all of these different states are now required to do a freight plan every two years. And they're supposed to study truck parking. They have to do this now. We are at the point right now where a lot of states are actually identifying land where they can put truck parking. They're a lot more advanced than the drivers realize. But also a lot of these states want driver input. So I go to as many meetings as I can. If we have members that live in a state that are more familiar with the area, I ask them to go. Brita Nowak, I don't know if you know Brat Cat Express, she's on an advisory committee with me. If I can't go, she stands in for me. But we don't even need like hundreds of drivers. We need like 50. If we had 50 drivers that would turn up at these meetings, like for instance, next week I got to go to a meeting for Alameda for the 580 about truck parking. Well, I haven't driven out there for a really long time and I make posts. Is anybody driving Alameda that can help me with some recent nobody crickets? Everybody's Mm. complaining about truck parking. But when I say I need some um, recent information about this specific area, could you join me for this meeting? Could you, um, you know, help? There's just not a lot of people that are stepping up. So there's a, a point where you have to say, you know, uh, what Ingrid was saying earlier is correct. I'm doing the same thing in Henderson um, and and your previous guest. I don't want to say her name wrong, but she's really sweet. I met her at the at the White House. Sure. Today, uh, yes, I sure. love that she's getting in, involved locally as well, because this is where we're at right now. Um, the economic development um, divisions of many of these cities are the ones responsible for bringing industry to the town. And then they are completely not aware of this problem. Yeah. 
So Desiree, unfortunately, Des, Desiree, unfortunately, we're, unfortunately, we're running out of time. I, we have about 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Where can people go to learn more from you? Um, they can contact me, realwomenintrucking at gmail.com. I'm Trucker Desiree on Twitter. But they should Google Freight Advisory Excellent. Committee for their state. Thank you so and much, Desiree. We appreciate Thank you so much, Desiree. Appreciate your time. Have a great yeah. weekend. Have a good weekend. Okay, you too. Take Peace. care. Bye-bye. Okay, it's Friday. Before we send you out, we got to do a little good news, bad news. Bad news and good news. All right. Good. There it is. Good news. You've got a ring video doorbell. Bad news. Bad news. An action movie has broken out whoa. in front of your house. Whoa, Look at whoa, this whoa, thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at this car flying down, this SUV flying down the street, right? Oh, this guy oh, runs out of his this. house and he's like, oh, is he okay? Oh, good. The cops are here. Oh, wait, the cops have guns and there's a lot of cops. So he runs back to his backyard <laughs> or from wherever he came. These guys, look at this chaos. They come out of the windshield. These two dudes run out. Meanwhile, every single plainclothes cop in town is pulling in as you see him and they're just pulling up on the lawn. This guy's got his Milados dog. He's got to carry it over <laughs> over the broken glass. Amazing. Nobody, nobody really injured, though. And that no. tree's extra lucky. No. <laughs> I love this guy runs out there and goes, hey, can I? Uh, oh, wait a minute. I'm getting the heck out of here. There's a lot to take oh, in there. Wow, there is a lot. You got to watch that a number of times. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. I've got some good news, my friend. You finally making some good time on your delivery after being stuck in traffic for hours, my friend. Heck, you might even get there on time, Ingrid. Really? Maybe. Cool. Yeah, you Maybe. might even get there on time. But here's news. the bad news, man. Your truck is on fire. Oh, look at this. Check it out. <laughs> All right. So you ever have a fire in the happen in the back of your truck, Ingrid? No, no. I had one that tried to start in under the dash, and I just, just pulled his shoulder and grabbed my stuff and jumped out. Look at this. Well, this guy jumped out, and he's checking on it, but the problem is... He's driving. The car's still moving. He's literally moving. He's literally fed the flames. I don't know where he thinks he's going. What got. in the world? Is this? Do they tell you in the DOT handbook? Is this what you're supposed to do when your load's on fire? And uh, no. What are you supposed to do? Because this guy is—he's just like I'm still going. I gotta get he's there. Like, well, I, 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 I said this would be on time on fire. I don't know, but I'm going to the green book and find out what they say about if your truck's on fire. What? Look, he's just, no, look, he's just, just flying. He's just driving. You have an actual hot load. It's engulfed. <laughs> we gotta hear this. Turn this guy up. Back in the back. Turn this guy up. Turn this guy way up. Who's taking the exit, bro? <laughs> <laughs> taking the exit, bro. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part. Poor you, guy. I hope he's okay. I mean, he may still be driving like that, like a ghost trucker with his truck on. Where, do, where do you think he's stopped, Maybe he's trying to keep the flames I, going backwards uh, so they don't get to the cab. Wow. That's all I can say is... I've well, never you seen have, that. You have one with us. I've never seen that at you, all. You have one. What's your good news? Okay. My good news is... The Amazon package is here. Okay. It's here. Good. What's the bad news? Uh, well, it's driving across the farm. In other words, <laughs> look, look at the farmer right I, there. He's in his little chasing him with that tractor. Yeah, no. I, I'm not sure if that driver or that farmer needed something in the cab, and he did a Amazon, like a DoorDash deal. Is this like a GPS kind of look, thing, like issue? I, Why is he just driving across <laughs> the back? It says turn left right here, dude. It's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. The GPS said turn right by liability. Recalculating. What do you think about Google Maps getting into the trucking space? You a lot of truck drivers have been laughing about that. You know what? I'm actually honestly glad yeah. because Google Maps has at least a satellite view yeah. of 
you know, In-N-Out Burger at yeah. the corner, uh, I got to stop, uh, in California, or Bright Waves. Uh, all right, Ingrid, Ingrid, we are out of time. Thank you so much for stopping by the studio and being a special guest Thanks, co-host guys. here. Check out her work and ours at backthetruckup.com, freightwaves.com. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find her at Roland B. Find him at Vincent the Duke. Don't be a stranger. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We have What the Truck And tell him how to be, Michael Vincent. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day.